Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Welcome to the Highlights 2021 of the Leadership is Changing podcast. Listeners, I want to welcome you to today, and uh, it's great to have you here with us. And today I'm going to share with you three other wonderful guests that I've had throughout 2021 on as on the podcast, and I'm going to share you a little bit of a snippet of each one, and I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy these uh, spe- uh, interviews. From episode 209, Paul Diver, he is, the episode title is Leadership is About Building Trusted Relationships. Now, LinkedIn, how good are you at LinkedIn, and do you use LinkedIn? Because you see, from episode 210, Donna Sedula, the episode titled is LinkedIn, A Gateway to Your Success. And I'm going to really encourage you because Donna shares some wonderful tips in relation to LinkedIn. Values, legacy. That's what Dave Ferguson from episode 212 shared with me. And the title of that one is Leadership Values and Legacy. Listeners, take notes, sit back, and enjoy the mashup. Is there anything else that you want to share about your background? Well, I started off with a degree in law, so that set the foundation for me and and then promptly never became a lawyer. So that mm. was uh, kind of interesting. What I've done is use the law degree as a, a really solid foundation to get into employment relations, bargaining work, and to have a good understanding of law has been a foundation for that. But it's also been an opportunity to engage with a wide range of organizations, and it's given me the opportunity to eventually then get into leadership development and particularly around supporting leaders to be the best that they can be. Awesome. Very good. And and of course, you and I are in lockdown at the moment in, in the country of New Zealand right now. And so really interesting how you shared that you studied law, but you didn't actually become a lawyer. I mean, that's the, well, uh, that's really, really interesting to hear. But you've taken those skill sets, those that, that background, that foundation to help you go and do the other things around employment law and so forth. And we'll talk about employees soon as well, a little bit later on in, in, the, in today's episode. How did you get into leadership? 
I had two really significant experience, uh, experiences that provided the pathway. The first was that my early career work uh, involved bargaining in both the state and the private sector, especially in the New Zealand context with what we called national awards, which were really distinct and distant from the actual workplace relationships. I later worked with, with New Zealand Breweries, which became Lion Nathan, a reasonably well-known organisation around the world. It's been in various parts of the world along the way. And what I experienced there was, and why I loved being there, was because it gave me the opportunity to build the more direct engagement between leaders in the organisation and workers in the organisation, as distinct from the old national award system, which would line up a bunch of union officials on one side and a bunch of industry officials on the other side. And as I remember one one, uh, industry official who was a a bit of a gruff, grumpy truck driver, a truck-owning company, he just said, well, when are we going to talk about the drivers and the trucks that they drive? You know, that kind of really clear message that it's about the relationships on the job. It's not about all the other stuff that's very distant from the workplace. So that was a really strong uh, indication and a really strong experience for me to bring about change in the way that people engage with each other. The second experience was that in 1992, about 13 years into my career, I had the opportunity to attend an IAS, which is the name of the organisation that ran it, an IAS Genesis Leadership Programme. And that program really consolidated for me the power of purpose, vision, and action as a direction for creating success. Now, I was always very strongly connected to my own personal purpose, but what the program really consolidated with me was that, if you like, that triumvirate uh, that starts with purpose, goes to vision, and then leads to action. So from those experiences, I eventually founded my own consulting business, which is now continuing after it just just about to reach its 30th anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, And we're now, I'm now in a situation where I'm the founder director, but I've got a chief executive leading the business and gives me space and time to do the stuff that I love to do. The second thing that it enabled me to do is to then go on and work with IAS and and specifically the guy that founded IAS, a man by the name of Brian Martin, who had been a very successful international leader in the in Japan and China and Hong Kong and various places. So Brian, I'm working with Brian around leadership development programs, both in New Zealand and internationally. And that taught me a huge amount in terms of uh, not only was I able to share my facilitation of leadership development, but I also engaged with a huge range of leaders, both in New Zealand and in Asia. That has taught me a huge amount about leadership. And every single program that I am engaged with, every single coaching assignment that I engage with teaches me as well as giving me the opportunity to to assist and facilitate leaders to be the best that they can be. So that's that's how I got into leadership. And, and what's been fabulous is that the work that I do in employment relations and building relationships in that environment and the work that I do in leadership development just cross paths beautifully. Mm, yeah. um, so I, I, I use stories from each in that context to really drive success. 
Do you think that there is there we have issues within the businesses nowadays because of the poor or lack of strong leadership or effective leadership that may actually cause problems? And there we have yeah some issues around employment relations. Absolutely. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, I'm dealing with an organization right now because it's live right now. I won't refer to the name of it. But what we're doing in there is that we have an interest-based approach. So we are identifying, we've identified what are the shared issues that the union and the employer has, and we're working our way through those shared issues. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get an early agreement or a consensus around around those issues, but it is a better way of doing it rather than a positional, I'll tell you what I want, you tell me what you want, and then we'll bash it out between us. To me, and it's interesting because whilst we're in this lockdown on Zoom and doing so much over Zoom, we we spent four hours together today, together, not sitting in separate rooms, sorting out what our next position is, but we actually spent four hours talking to each other and listening to each other. So I think that's a critical issue. Yet another example, I've got another client that is totally into positional bargaining, low trust, and always worried about what the union will do next. And the sad thing about that is, is that it's probable that I'm about to share with that client that that actually, that's not the way I like to do business. That's not the way that I like to lead. And even after 15 years of working with them, I may just say, well, look, I think you need to find a different voice, someone that's got a different approach because clearly we're not connected. Yeah, and it's amazing how a lot of leaders uh, have a fear of something or they, they don't want something to happen. And then that it starts to happen. Well, because you're attracting it. That's what you're thinking about. That's what you – so so be careful how you're actually thinking about things, I think, is, is, is quite a, an interesting way to look at it, right? Because so, you'll bring it into being. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if exactly, you show low yeah. trust, well, you'll get low trust. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I started – I joined LinkedIn back in 2005, and it was back then in the early days that I really started to realize how – powerful it could be. I started my business in 2009. And it's been over 10 years of working with executives from all over the world and really helping them, you know, understand their story and and the power of LinkedIn, you know, for their careers and for their companies. Oh, that's awesome. Because I know a lot of executives that I get to work with as well, they or leaders or people in particular, they sort of freak out when they start thinking about their LinkedIn profile and, and so forth. Here's a question for you. Do leaders today, whether they're a business owner, an entrepreneur of a large corporate, whatever they are doing, do they do they need to be digital savvy and do they need to be active in the digital world today? I, I think absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people people want to know more about who they're meeting with, who they're working with, who they're going to be hearing from, uh, who they're going to be reporting to. And they're going to enter your name into a search engine. They're going to enter it into LinkedIn. They want to learn more. They want to know who you are. And, and, and that's true right across the board. But the beauty of this is you do have the control to shape how others perceive you. Mm. And that's the content that is on your LinkedIn profile. And you're the one that writes it. You're the one that cre- crafts it, creates it, okays it, approves it. <laughs> and that's what people find. And they, they're hungry. They're hungry to know more. And you mm. have that ability to, to, to tell them what to think. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so the way I look at it is it's more just like our, uh, our shop front, if we can put it that way. If we think about bricks and mortar and so forth, as you said, people go into search engines, they put your name in. That tends to be one of the first things that come up is your LinkedIn profile, right? So yeah. it's it's got to look good and it's got to be good and so forth. When, when somebody is, when I talk about the active side of the digital world, I mean, people say to me, yeah, but I can go in and like this and like that. Is, is liking somebody else's post good enough or do we have to be, do we have to do more? Absolutely more. I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? With LinkedIn, there's two ways of looking at it. There's the one way, which is as a very passive type of platform, you post that profile, you keep it up to date, you check in on it every now and then. And when people find you, they read about you, they know who you are. That's a passive way of going about it. And it it can be pretty successful, (laughs) oddly enough. It's not, I don't believe that that's the best way. Because people want to know that you're also active, that you're engaged, that you're a part of the community, that you're an influencer, that you're a thought leader, that you have something to say. You know, if you're going to be leading, you know, a company, if you're going to be leading a team, it's not enough just to be a leader, but you know, what, what is it that you're bringing to the table? You know, how do you look at the, these situations philosophically? What are your beliefs? Uh, why are you doing that? And, and that is what should feed into your profile, but it should also feed into that activity. And so it's not enough just to hit like every now and then you want to. And I always say this, you don't want to have to, you don't have to necessarily start out creating content, but you can at least start engaging with the content that's there and leave some comments, converse with that person. And then once you get really used to, you know, the way LinkedIn works and how that feed is, once you feel a little bit more comfortable, that's when, yeah, you want to post. You want to post. Yeah, cool. So in other words, grow with it, listeners. Grow with the uh, the LinkedIn profile, the LinkedIn tool, and grow with it in the sense that uh, Donna's sharing here that, you know, you could do some some likes and some comments. Donna, one thing I would think is, is you know, you may not actually have content, so you actually haven't created something. Is, is it okay to take somebody else's content, somebody else's post, an article and things like that, and not just share it, but then put some words around it to add value to your audience. I, I call that curation, you know, hmm. curating that content and then adding your own context, your own feeling, your own thoughts to it. And that's that's a fabulous way of getting started. And And keep in mind that with LinkedIn, you don't have to be writing articles. You know, right. you don't need, you know, you can, you can indulge in just a simple post, you know, a paragraph at most. It could be something as simple as a quote. It could be a quote and why you like that quote. It could be what's going on in your business. It could be celebrating a, an anniversary of someone on your team or within your staff, or uh, it could be, you know, talking about a project that's taking place. It doesn't have to be always the same, you know, here's a link to a great article over and over and over again. Yeah. But, you know, you can use it as a bit of your, your, you know, as a soapbox to say, hey, this is what's going on in my life and my company's world. Yeah. And I think that's where people get to learn about you as, as an individual, as a leader of the community. as uh, and, and then they understand, as you said before, about your beliefs, your values, what you stand for and things like that. And I think it's, it's a great way to do it. And the other thing would be you're adding actually value to 
to them, to your connections, which is, which is pretty cool. And there's, there's been things that I've actually posted or others have posted and I've gone, wow, that is really cool. I'm glad they shared that with me. But otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have known about it. And so I've got to learn and we all need to learn. And what a great way to do it. I think, I think it's fantastic. You know, I think a lot of times people get caught up in, oh, is this a platform where I need to be selling and boasting about who I am and what we do mm. and why you need to, you know, and the truth is, you know, take a step back, you know, take and take that deep breath and, and, and recognize that LinkedIn is a platform to educate, to add value you know, to, to, to help others, to give advice, uh, to, to inspire. That's what you should be aiming for. It's not to sell. It's not to plug. It's not to pitch. It's, it's really a place to go in a, in a very easy type of way and, and, and provide and help. Yeah. Great. And, and I mean, I, so there's a, there's a question I keep, keep getting asked all the time about in particular around LinkedIn, because there's many other social media platforms out there. Uh, if mm. I'm thinking of things like Facebook and that, do, do I need to really be on there all the time? Is it really like a Facebook thing? I think it's different. And I think it's because it's a professional network. It's more about business and other things around that that space. Am I right in my thinking and, and thinking of it that way? Is that Would that be right? You know, I, I think with LinkedIn, it's it's really changed over the last few years. At one time, we thought of LinkedIn. It was a place you had to visit on your computer, your laptop, your desktop. It's, it's really transitioned to being, it's, it's untethered now. I mean, you, you can access it on your, on your phone. That app is, the LinkedIn app is terrific. Mm-hmm. And it's a place to, to visit, to scroll through the feed, to see what's going on in your network, to see what's going on in your industry. Do you need to be creating content every day? No. Hmm. I would, I would now, this is what I believe with LinkedIn and what LinkedIn, the LinkedIn algorithm shows is LinkedIn rewards quality over quantity. You know, around leadership, I would tell you, I've, I've, I have had the, the privilege of being led and mentored by some great leaders, mostly unknowns. And then, you know, I was raised for a few, for several years by my mother and grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I um, came up from, you know, we, we were very poor and it humbled you. And, you know, I say some people, I, I say it was, you know, I had a choice. I was in quicksand and I, uh, I had to lead myself out of it. Right. And, I, you know, I have, obviously I had some help. So people have and still come from tougher times, but it was tough as a youngster. And, and I think that it, it really taught me the value of many things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many, many things. Yeah, yeah, cool. And so, so it's amazing how a lot of our backgrounds and our lives and that, especially when we start younger as kids and that sort of start to shape us for the future and um, those kind of experiences would have helped you. How did you get into leadership? What, what, what was the thing that sort of drove you into leadership? Gosh, that's funny. When I get asked that question, I always say the same thing. I, I felt like I came out of the womb and was forced to be a leader. Huh, forced <laughs> to be a leader. You know, you know because, yeah, because, you know, you, you, I'm one, one of six and everybody was was working to make a living to to bring us up, mm. and so I was on my own a lot, you know. So I had to figure things out real early, mm-hmm. and um, so I've. But you know, true leadership, you know, once you know, kind of started for me in high school. Probably I got involved. I was a class president, you know, wasn't really political, you know, but the class president. So I had to lead my class for four years, 
and, you know, do all of those things. And so I, you know, and, and, and it was not natural for me. I debate that with people all the time because some people say there's such thing as a natural born leader. I don't believe that, but I think you can be born into it, right? Just like you can get promoted into a leadership position. But, you know, and then obviously in the corporate world, I got uh, selected into a, what they call the, a, a leadership, uh, advanced leadership program because, the banking world, the company I went to work with then really felt like they needed to develop more leaders and they needed to do it quickly. Mm. So it was a very accelerated leadership program. Okay. And it was interesting because when I talk about my book, Boss or Leader, I tell stories from those days because they made me circulate around the country and around different and work with different leaders over a two-year period. And so I really, really was able to separate a boss from a leader. Mm. So were those days like you were a young graduate that came into the organization and they were wanting you to go around in a rotation throughout the organization to experience right. different leadership, but to experience different parts of the business and so forth. And when, when you saw the difference between a boss and a leader, what was probably one of the biggest things that sort of stood out for you, the difference between a boss and a leader? Values. Mm. Values, which is why I spend so much time on values-based leadership and, le- and values-based leadership coaching. Because I found that to be the biggest difference. What do they value? And that answer doesn't always have to be just people, right? It's because, you know, I feel like I got to see someone, I got to see one person who pretty much just valued money, Mm -hmm. right? And he was a total boss, total boss. And the only reasons why people wanted to work for him was because if you worked for him, you made a lot of money too. Right. (laughs) But behind the scenes... Obviously, I don't think people were using the term value, but they were saying a lot of things behind behind the scenes about him, you know, so they didn't respect and like the man. Uh, okay, so they got things across the line and helped the organization and help him make money, but in turn, they made money as well. So it probably goes along to a bit along the lines of Zig Ziglar, right? If you help enough people get what they want, you can get what you want. Right. However, what I'm saying is probably his approach, the way he did things, probably wasn't that that good in the sense of respect or helping people move forward. Yeah, he was he was tough. He was tough and he wasn't a relationship guy. Right. Right. So it was all about work. It was all about money. Mm. You know, and and it wasn't even the awards for him. It was the money. So I saw that pretty quickly. And then I as I continue the story, then I worked for a, a gentleman who handpicked me to come work with him at the organization. I don't know why, even to this day, and he's passed now, that mentored me like crazy on leadership. And, you know, he never used the word leadership that I can remember, right? Hmm. But he just really poured into me and his style was kind of really neat and simple and, but yet direct. Hmm. And you felt even when he was correcting you or even when I might've made a mistake and he needed to talk to me and have that talk with me, I still felt that he kind of really cared about me. Hmm. And it made a huge difference. And people really respected him. I'd never heard, and as a large organization, I never heard anyone say a bad word about him. And his values were strong. His values were strong. And, you know, it was a big, it was a, it was a big, I was so blessed to work for that man. Hmm. Hmm. Really. Yeah, it um, sounds, sounds wonderful, man. And, and the sense that he took you under his wing and he developed you. And, and uh, it's really interesting how a lot of people don't make a big song and dance about the fact that it's leadership and I'm going to develop you, but it's, it was a way of becoming and, and going that way. Is that, is that how would you call it? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah. And, you know, the interesting part there was that when he passed, I ended up getting promoted into his position. So it was almost a oh. legacy piece. It was almost a legacy piece too, right? Like, mm. you know, 
So it was one of those things I was, he plucked me out of the boss world and brought me into the leadership world. Uh, I yeah. still love to tell that story. It's amazing how a person can make a difference to us as individuals. And when I work with leaders as well, Dave, I, t- I asked that question, you know, so if that's how he treated you, what would people say about you? What would people say about you as a leader, as, as their leader? What would they say behind closed doors or behind, you know, in the company as well? And it's it's really interesting because we always talk about other leaders and what leaders have done to us and how they've worked with us. But we also should ask the question about how others perceive us because I think that's 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 quite an important thing for us to look at. Yeah. Which is, you know, another reason why I'm so, I'll use this word values, you know, so much is, and I, and with my coaching clients, especially Hmm. is that people don't have to agree with what you value, completely agree with it to follow you, Mm -hmm. but they really need to agree. You're a person of value. Listeners, I hope you really enjoyed that uh, episode because I tell you what, learning a much about uh, little things about LinkedIn and what you can do with LinkedIn. Wow. That is a powerful tool. And I hope you are digital savvy and you're staying on top of things as well. Because you see, LinkedIn, it's not like Facebook. LinkedIn is a professional network you can go out and network with, which is really important because I feel that a lot of leaders don't network very well. And so I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to Donna Sedilla's episode with me where I did the interview with her, LinkedIn, a gateway to your success on episode 210. Paul Diver shared some great things as well. He's on episode 209. And Dave Ferguson, Leadership Values and Legacy. That's on episode 212. Hey, listeners, if you're really liking these podcasts, uh, this podcast and these episodes that I'm sharing and the interviews that I've done with various guests, we would love you to put a review and a rating for the podcast. And so I'm going to encourage you, please, to go to Apple and put in there a rating and a review. And if you're on Spotify, listen to this episode, then go and put a rating because Spotify has just launched the ability to be able to go and do rating, but you can't do a review yet on Spotify. But the rating is really going to help the whole visibility of the Leadership is Changing podcast. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released, download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now.